Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 257 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, some hot trends in investing in 2021. It is getting extremely hot outside, especially if you are in Texas like I am. Uh, and so I thought that I would kind of keep with uh, the hot idea and talk about some hot trends of investing in 2021. I'll tell you what I think of each one of these trends. Some of them I've covered already on the show. Some of them I have not. Uh, I'll tell you what I think of these trends and how I think that you should view them uh, in the scope of your investing life. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more at large about why investing in trends is not always the most profitable thing you can be doing with your money financially. So we'll cover all that and more in today's episode. But before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things that I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching and you and I can begin working together, building a financial plan that's specific to you and your family needs and pushing you towards some financial goals and ultimately towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who watches or listens to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, the year 2021 has been way different than 2020. Yes, there's still the lingering COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, we're dealing with the Delta variant now. Yes, uh, you know, they're reverting to masks and lockdowns in some places, but that does not mean that the economy and investing is in the same place that it was a year ago, right? A year ago, we were just trying to get ourselves out of uh, the gully that we were in in the coronavirus crash. Uh, we were trying to really figure out the market and see uh, what was the best course of action moving forward when it came to our investing, right? And this year, it's been a little different. This year, it's like, where can I get the most bang for my buck? Because the market has had such a big run from its lows, and a lot of people you know, are worried about monetary policy and uh, the interest rates and the fiscal stimulus and all these different things, and they're trying to figure out where they can get the best bang for their buck. Well, the S&P 500 has shown nothing but uptrends uh, other than some very, very small blips of a couple percent here or there, right? It's reaching new highs, it seems like, every single day. Uh, and that's just one thing that's going on within the broader world of investing in the United States, right? But what I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, are 10 specific hot trends that are going on in 2021 when it comes to investing. Again, I've talked about some of these, others I haven't. Uh, so let's jump right in to the first. The first hot trend uh, that's been going on is betting on a rebounding economy, right? Investors have wagered that airline, cruise line, and other transportation stocks, as well as travel website operators and dining restaurants will benefit as widespread vaccinations in the U.S. allow businesses to reopen. Government stimulus packages and easy monetary policy from the Federal Reserve are also expected to prop up the economy and markets. 
Plus, the COVID-19 shutdowns last year caused the personal savings rate to shoot up. It reached a high of 33.7%, which by itself is fantastic. It's fantastic that we would have such a high savings rate in a time of crisis, and it remains above pre-pandemic levels. Americans had $1.6 trillion in excess savings at the beginning of the year, according to the government-backed mortgage firm Fannie Mae. Such trends have caused economists and investors to assume that consumers will get back into activities like travel, shopping, and dining out. Now, uh, the Delta variant has kind of put uh, a little bit of a damper on this you know, rebounding economy and re reopening economy, but uh, there's no doubt that the economy will not close again in the way that it did uh, last year you know, if things continue in the way that they are. Right, uh, so many people vaccinated, so much um, immunity that's natural from uh, COVID-19. Then the uh, economy can still continue to run in some way, and we know how to navigate our investing lives given uh, a big uptick in cases, given a big uptick in COVID-19. But nonetheless, right, uh, this bet on uh, all of these companies that have been basically, you know, shut down or cut capacity or, uh, you know, haven't been able to be their full selves in the past 18 months or so. Uh, the betting on those companies has been something uh, that's been going on in the investing world in a large way. Now, does this mean that we should get involved in investing in these types of companies? Well, not necessarily, right? This would be in a situation where uh, you would be investing in individual stocks, which I've told you that not all individuals should be investing in individual stocks. Most people uh, should be buying index funds or ETFs or mutual funds uh, and leaving their money there, right? Just adding to uh, those over time and not having to worry about the analysis that's associated with individual stock picking. But if you're picking individual stocks and you can find value uh, in any of these types of companies, then uh, by all means, you could invest in them. But you also have to know that there is a lot of underlying risk uh, of the fact that they may never go back to the way that they once were. But that doesn't mean that you cannot make some money. So it seems like that uh, we've had this constant back and forth between uh, the reopening economy and the stay-at-home economy, but in 2021, a lot of bets have been made on that reopening economy, and that will just continue to happen until we are fully reopened. Then, the second hot trend that we've seen in investing this year is meme stocks. And I've talked at length about meme stocks, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, right? Since January, you know, we saw GameStop uh, increase more than 1,600%. Uh, we've seen, you know, run-ups in AMC. We've seen run-ups in Dogecoin, right? We've seen all these different run-ups in these meme stocks or meme coins, right? Just because uh, the Reddit groups have gotten together and said, hey, let's you know go squeeze the shorts in these stocks, or hey, let's go run up the price in this you know cryptocurrency or whatever, right? Uh, it's a bunch of individual retail investors uh, that are trying to move the market in a very real way, and they have done so. Now, what do I think about your investing in these meme stocks? Uh, it is a very short-term mindset. It's a hard thing to keep up with. Uh, there's not a whole lot of analysis being done, so it's far more speculation than it is investment. Uh, but I will say, you know, if you did proper analysis and found a company that uh, should be worth more than they are currently, uh, and then you and a bunch of 
friends online went and ran up the price of that stock. There's nothing wrong with doing that, right? We all have the right to do that. Uh, but we also have to know that a lot of these returns, especially for companies that don't have the underlying value that uh, the stock price may show, uh, the, the returns may be short-lived. So uh, this is much more of a short-term play, not a long-term play. And I try to teach you guys to be long-term investors. And you know what I think about meme stocks. You can go back and watch or listen to some of those episodes later on. Okay. So the third trend in investing uh, this year is cryptocurrency volatility. Okay, now again, this has a lot more to do with speculation and not true long-term investing, even though uh, people, including myself, believe that you can put money in Bitcoin in a speculative way and do so on a dollar cost average way, meaning you're putting just a little money here, a little money there into it every single month uh, and invest in it for the long term, right? Speculate in it for the long term. You can absolutely do that right? Uh, but this is short term for a lot of people and I don't want it to be. I don't want you to be a short term speculator in any type of currency, much less uh, the unproven cryptocurrencies. But this is a hot trend uh, in 2021 uh, that cryptocurrency has been very volatile, right? There's been a lot of ups and downs, okay? We uh, met the high in Bitcoin of over $63,000 per Bitcoin, uh, and it fell down below $30,000 per Bitcoin again, right? So fell by over half. Uh, and then as I speak here today, uh, and this uh, was shot yesterday, obviously, I mean, we're climbing back up towards 40,000. Uh, we're having some very, very good gains uh, when it comes to uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and things of the like, okay? So mainstream investors, they first seem to catch wind of cryptocurrencies in 2017. And this digital money with no physical counterpart and zero backing from the government is not like fiat currencies. Uh, and an impressive rally eventually fizzled out the following year. But cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dogecoin experienced bigger surges in 2020. All these young traders stuck at home uh, or all these young gamblers stuck at home in many cases, right? They were trying to find something uh, to get some quick gains and they absolutely found it in cryptocurrency. Even institutional investors have adopted cryptocurrencies to some degree. Uh, some market observers say that crypto could remain popular with younger investors like millennials for some time. However, reports of greater regulation and criticism around the environmental costs have hurt speculative fever, uh, especially when uh, the biggest proponent for cryptocurrency, Elon Musk, uh, had some negative things to say about its sustainability earlier this year. But he's also since come out and said that he is a long-term holder of things like Bitcoin uh, and other cryptocurrencies. Okay, So cryptocurrency volatility has been something that's been going on in the investing world. Again, if you're going to speculate, make your speculation portion of your portfolio no more than 5 to 10% of your portfolio. You must have the other 95 to 90% of your portfolio uh, that you, you know, have some traditional investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, things like that. Uh, and then this speculative portion uh, is all things that you speculate in, including cryptocurrency. Uh, and it's okay that cryptocurrency has been volatile and uh, I've continued to buy the dips, right? I've continued to buy as it's fallen, but I'm not allowing it to overpower my portfolio and I'm not allowing it uh, to be a part of my speculative portion of the portfolio uh, to become more than five to 10% of my portfolio. So um, that is the rule to kind of live by when it comes to cryptocurrency and other uh, speculative assets. So uh, don't be afraid of the volatility, especially if it's money that you're willing to lose. Okay. Now, the fourth in hot investment trend uh, is SPACs, 
right? And are SPACs still hot? And we haven't talked a lot about SPACs on this show, uh, but SPAC stands for Special Purpose Acquisition Company, right? And it became real hot in 2020 uh, as numerous famous figures started sponsoring them and companies sought alternatives to the traditional public offering, right? The IPO, uh, it kind of saves money and saves a lot of headache of the IPO process uh, when companies become public via a SPAC. Right. So how does a SPAC work? Well, it's just a shell company that goes public on the stock market and they try to find a private business to buy within two years. And if the target is found, the two entities merge with the private company going public through the process. OK, so you basically have uh, this public shell and this private company uh, that this public shell goes and purchases. Well, when they purchase this company, then the whole company is then a public company. So that private company goes public through being purchased by a SPAC. And in 2021, investor enthusiasm for SPACs has lost some steam amid regulatory scrutiny and lackluster performance by some deals. Still, many private companies are choosing the SPAC route to go public, plus how these companies perform and how regulators will oversee them will continue to be a focus for investors. So SPACs are uh, relatively new and they attract a lot of money from investors who are trying to make some really quick money because they could in 2020. Uh, these are not necessarily companies that I think uh, are great for you to be investing in unless you really believe in the underlying company for the price that you're going to end up purchasing that underlying company for via uh, that SPAC. So uh, it would have to be evaluated on a deal by deal basis. But there were a lot of deals done uh, that were just, you know, not that attractive, not that attractive to investors over the long term. Yet they attracted a lot of money from investors uh, and investors have since been let down uh, by some lackluster performance. So uh, do I suggest that you go and invest in SPACs? Uh, absolutely not, right? I don't think this is a, a good place to, to put your capital, but SPACs are nothing more uh, than just companies ultimately. Uh, so if you can do the analysis and you can understand uh, what the underlying company does and uh, if you are overpaying or underpaying uh, for this particular company uh, and you can realize that a company may be undervalued and uh, that they may be a good investment, then by all means go and do it. Uh, but understand that these have some very powerful figures that may be backing them like uh, Bill Ackman, like uh, some of the other major hedge fund managers of the day. Uh, and they have a whole lot of power to do a whole lot of tricky things. So make sure that you really understand what you're doing before you ever get into the SPAC game. Okay. Now, what is the fifth investment trend uh, that is hot in 2021? That is the retail investor trend. Retail investors started flocking the stock and option trades in a significant way in 2020. However, it was in 2021 when they became a major force that institutional investors couldn't ignore. And we talked about uh, the meme stock craze, right? That was retail investors, retail investors going wild on these meme stocks and running up their prices. Take GameStop, which everyday traders on the Reddit forum Wall Street Bets targeted because hedge funds were shorting the stock. The 1600% rally in the stock triggered painful losses for such professional investors. And furthermore, the businesses of mobile brokerage firms where these retail investors congregate to make trades, uh, such as you know, Robin Hood and others, they drew scrutiny, even bringing about a congressional hearing. Now, there have been a lot of questions about how these firms can offer zero commissions uh, and their uh, pay for their order flow that they may be uh, you know, selling to algorithmic traders or selling to uh, you know, these large institutions or whatever. Right. So there's been a lot of scrutiny behind uh, the big uptick in retail investors. But 
naturally you put money in people's pockets and retail investors come to play, right? Retail investors, uh, they will invest money when they have money to invest. And I talked about this a bit yesterday as well. When everything was shut down and there's no other way to go and gamble, then the stock market and the cryptocurrency markets become a place to gamble as well. Now, should that be the case? Probably not, right? But uh, we have to understand the behavior of investors, the behavior of individuals who have money in their pocket and want to grow it and want to turn it into more money in their pocket. Okay, so the retail investor trend has been a very, very good thing, right? It's good for the market to have new participants and it's good for the market to have more participants. Okay, so uh, the retail investor trend has been a great thing that I think should continue. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting to see how some of these new investors uh, end up dealing with market weakness because a lot of them haven't invested uh, other than since the market hit its lows back in March of last year and beyond. So they've only seen a lot of upside. What happens when they see a lot of weakness, right? What happens when they go through something similar to uh, the COVID-19 crash? Uh, hopefully they hold and they buy more, uh, but the natural behavior of investors in mass over the long term uh, has been to tuck tail and run uh, when weakness comes. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how these retail investors fare and how they may last moving forward. But that has been a hot trend of 2021. Now, what is the sixth hot trend in investing in 2021? What has been inflation wagers picking up? Right? Trillions of dollars in stimulus money, along with rising consumer prices, have ignited a debate about whether inflation, long dormant since the 2008 financial crisis, will stage a comeback. And by you know, all indications, it has staged a comeback. Right? Our inflation numbers are 5.4% on the CPI on an annualized basis now, which is the highest it has been in many years. Now, while some degree of inflation is normal and healthy, a rapid jump in the prices of goods could upend financial markets, which have become accustomed to a slow growth environment. Most economists and investors don't expect runaway inflation, but have also been wary about the specter of higher consumer prices. More than $12 billion has flowed this year into ETFs that invest in treasury inflation-protected securities, TIPs, right? Uh, and these are just bonds that uh, adjust for inflation that are sold by the U.S. Treasury. Uh, investors will likely continue to eye inflation gauges closely and monitor the Fed's next steps. Right, so this is a very big narrative in the market this year. It's a very, very big thing uh, that inflation can impact what we're doing. Uh, inflation can impact the markets in a very real way because if the Federal Reserve has to move uh, because inflation gets out of hand, right? the only way that they can move is by stopping their repurchasing of bonds in the market and by increasing interest rates. Both are bad for uh, the economy overall, meaning uh, both will slow the growth of the economy overall. Uh, that's why they would do it. That's why they would try to uh, put that damper on inflation because inflation comes when the economy is growing fast, right? Uh, but they would be trying to slow the growth of the economy, slow the level of inflation. Uh, and in doing so, borrowing would become more costly for companies uh, and less consumers and banks and uh, institutions would have money in their hands because they wouldn't be repurchasing those treasury bonds from uh, those individuals and those institutions, right? So uh, inflation is a very big narrative in 2021. Is it something that you should uh, be worrying about a lot? 
unless you're invested in a bunch of fixed income securities and you don't have as much exposure to the stock market, then inflation uh, shouldn't be a huge deal for you. Now, inflation is going to tear up just the saver, right? If you're just saving money and putting it into a savings account, and I've talked about uh, this recently, right? The, the need to put money away in a savings account for something like an emergency fund, uh, but also the need to be using any extra money uh, to be investing and growing your money and outpacing inflation because inflation can eat away at the value of your money in a very, very real way, right? And we don't want that. We want to be owners of assets that are going to appreciate as inflation is higher. And so uh, stocks are a great way to do that. Uh, there are many other ways uh, that people can keep up with inflation. Real estate is also one of them, right? And so we want to make sure that we are investing in appreciating assets that inflation is not going to have a negative impact on. Uh, and that is what we can do uh, to combat inflation as we move forward. Okay, so that is the sixth hot trend. What about the seventh hot trend in investing this year? Well, cybersecurity is at the focus, right? Two high-profile cyber attacks have hit the United States in 2021. First on the Colonial Pipeline, a major gasoline conduit, uh, and then on several meat processing plants. While cybersecurity breaches have ticked up in recent years, these two events and their widespread repercussions uh, highlighted how such attacks are becoming a problem on a societal level, right? So cybersecurity is a very big deal. If some of the things that are digital today uh, that really run our life, right? Like the electric grid, like things involving our food and a bunch of other things that uh, impact our everyday lives, right? Uh, if the cybersecurity is flawed uh, and a bunch of cyber attacks occur and hacks occur, uh, then it can really, really impact our lives in a very real way. And these specific attacks this year so far uh, have impacted the market in a real way because uh, it scares investors. It scares investors that this could happen to the company that they are invested in. Okay, so this is why it's been at the focus. Uh, it hasn't been so much recently, but uh, those two events were very, very big, uh, and it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Then the eighth hot trend in investing in 2021 is ESG investing. Now, what is ESG? ESG is environmental, social, and governance investing. Okay, so this means that you are investing uh, in companies or in ETFs that track companies uh, that have some type of uh, environmental movement, some social or some governance movement within the company, right? They're trying to uh, be more environmentally friendly, socially friendly, uh, or friendly when it comes to the way that they govern their firm. Now, financial advisors often tell clients to take their emotions out of investing. However, in recent years, a new breed of ethically minded investors have become increasingly interested in putting their money where their values are. And that's really where ESG comes from. That's where ESG investing comes from, right? Uh, and with so many different movements that are going on in 2021, and that were going on in 2020, uh, we see this trend of ESG investing continuing, right? So it's something that's going to be around for some time. Uh, and the big question is going to be, is it going to outperform? And if you feel like uh, you only want to invest in companies that, uh, you know, have some type of uh, environmental slant to them that uh, are going to be environmentally healthy or environmentally conscious or going to be socially conscious or something like that, then ESG investing might be something that you do, right? It might be uh, that you buy ESG ETFs because there are ESG ETFs and mutual funds uh, that you can purchase, right? So it may be that you do this, but I would uh, implore you 
to try to find things that have more of a track record, even though this is relatively new to the market. Try to find these funds that have uh, a better track record or that have really good managers uh, and that invest in things that you actually know and understand what they are, right? Invest in companies that you know and understand uh, and hopefully uh, this can still earn you good returns because the fear is, is that these companies wouldn't uh, provide you the returns that you would get otherwise from something like the S&P 500. But regardless of returns, if this is something that you really believe in and you believe that uh, the only way to invest is to invest in a socially conscious or an environmentally conscious way, then ESG investing may be for you. So you may want to look into it. Maybe not. Uh, I'm not big on uh, ESG investing, but uh, I totally understand if you are, but make sure you do your homework and make sure uh, that you're not just jumping onto a trend or jumping into a fund uh, that's gotten hot recently uh, and that may burn you over the long term. You want to make good long term returns, so make sure that you make good choices. Now, the ninth hot trend of 2021 is the hot housing market, right? Uh, the housing market has been white hot. Now, rock bottom mortgage rates, a shortage of housing supply, and millennials who are entering the home buying age have all led to houses selling in a record time. In March, sales of new family houses soared to the highest level since 2006, and obviously uh, after 2006, we had a huge housing crisis. Even Manhattan, where real estate collapsed in 2020 as many families sought more space in the suburbs, saw a revival. Whether the rally continues will likely depend on the pace of economic growth as well as mortgage rates. Now, obviously, if mortgage rates are going to continue being low, uh, which is also going to be in the hands of uh, the Fed, then uh, you are going to continue to see a lot of demand for houses. Because if you can borrow in a cheap way in order to buy a very expensive asset, then people are going to do it. Not just an expensive asset, an appreciating asset and an asset that a lot of people have made money on over the long term, right? Uh, so this hot housing market has really impacted a lot of people uh, and has impacted uh, people who are wanting to invest in real estate. But just like with a hot stock market, uh, a hot housing market is also going to cause you to want to buy at higher prices, to buy at prices that are not necessarily indicative of what you would typically want to buy at, uh, but you would buy at these higher prices just because you're afraid. You're, you have this fear of missing out. And so if you are trying to invest in real estate, uh, a hot housing market is not necessarily the place to do it. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're trying to purchase a home, obviously purchasing a home is not going to be very fun in a hot housing market either, uh, but you still need to stick to some principles of understanding what you're willing to pay, how much you are willing to pay per month on your home, uh, you know what you want your mortgage to look like, and do not falter uh, on those sets of principles because you'll end up buying way too much house uh, or you'll end up paying way too much for the house that you buy. Uh, and then that'll put you in a longer term pinch because uh, with mortgage rates extremely low, the likelihood of rates going lower and lower is not very high, right? The likelihood is that rates will increase over the next five or 10 years. And when rates increase, good luck refinancing, right? Good luck refinancing to a higher rate. What would that make sense, right? Uh, so refinancing only really makes sense when the rates drop. Okay, so we don't want to be refinancing to higher rates later on. Uh, that would just be uh, silly. So we want to make sure we can afford what we buy now. Uh, and then later on, we won't be in the pinch of not being able to afford what we own. Okay, so this hot housing market is the ninth hot investment trend of 2021. And then the 10th hot investment trend of 2021 has been 
commodities markets. Now, after years of muted returns, commodity prices have experienced a rebound in 2021. Investors wagered that rebounding economies would lead to more construction, greater energy use, and food consumption. Tight supplies also boosted these markets. Rising prices of oil, agriculture, lumber, as well as industrial and precious metals have sparked a debate about whether commodities are going through a new super cycle. Energy stocks were the best performing sector in the United States stock market. If the Fed eases stimulus and demand from China cools, it could dampen the commodities rallies, but some investors and Wall Street analysts remain bullish. Okay, so when it comes to commodities, right, I've told you guys about the all-weather portfolio before and how uh, you can invest in commodities through ETFs and things like that. Uh, Unless you're doing something like the all-weather portfolio, uh, I don't think that getting into commodities is necessarily the smartest thing unless you're just doing it uh, like in that portfolio for some, uh, you know, asset allocation reason to diversify your portfolio out a little more into different asset classes, right? But we shouldn't be out here trying to buy lumber futures or oil futures or, uh, you know, corn futures or whatever, okay? Uh, This is not something we should be doing. Now, should we be purchasing energy stocks? Maybe so, right? Uh, Depending on the valuation that we can put on them uh, and depending on what we know about the company and what we believe to be true in the future, right? Uh, Maybe buying energy stocks is a good thing, okay? But we have to understand the company. We have to know what we own. And a lot of time with commodities, it is uh, very much a gambling market because uh, you don't know if oil futures are going to go up or down. You don't know if lumber is going to go up or down, right? You just don't know. And in not knowing, uh, you are going to have basically just a bet out there. You're basically just going to have some speculation. Again, if you do some speculating in commodities, keep it to 5 to 10% of your portfolio when it comes to total speculation. So if you are putting money in Bitcoin and uh, you know just buying some hot you know meme stocks and uh, you are trying to put money into oil and lumber and things of the like, make sure that all those things together are no more than 5 to 10% of your total portfolio because we don't want speculation to run away uh, with our portfolio overall okay so uh, commodities may be some way to diversify further uh, and if you would have had some over this past year you would have made really really good returns in those commodities indexes but uh, we have to understand what we own we have to know what we own especially when it comes to true investing and not just to speculating so the takeaway of all this is that Uh, Putting hard-earned dollars into any investment, whether it's trendy or traditional, can be daunting. Investors should be aware that while momentum can feed investment fads for long stretches of time, some market trends can become vulnerable because of frothy valuations and turn on a dime. However, if investors still want to try their hand at choosing popular investment trends themselves, then you can do this. But again, a lot of this is speculation, and we need to keep our thumb on what speculation and what is actually investing and focus on the investing because the investing is going to benefit you most over the long term. So those are my 10 hot investment trends uh, for 2021. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed this and hopefully this kind of gets you to where we are today uh, in our investment landscape in the United States. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things 
things that I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on uh, any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching. And you and I can begin working together, building a financial plan that's specific to you and your family's needs, pushing you towards some good financial goals, and then ultimately on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every individual who watches or listens to this show on a day-to-day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.